Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Third Impact Anime Podcast. I am your host, Bill, trying to get us to rank S in the podcast writings. I am the only regular uh, host on this episode today, but I have a very special guest coming on for the first time. Special guest, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, hello, Bill. My name is Corey. Uh, you have been on my podcast to talk about Hajime no Ippo. Uh, that is the Kaiku podcast. And uh, I do another one called Mogging Your Ears. I don't know where we're supposed to plug things. We can do it now or later. Uh, I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> no, uh, we plug at the beginning and we plug at the end. So okay. you are more than fine, my friend. But uh, yeah, we we uh, I was had a lot of fun on your podcast talking about uh, Hajime no Ippo. And uh, I saw on your banner that uh, while your show is mostly about sports, it's also about love life. And I thought, hey, if this person is really into love life, maybe they've heard about what we're going to talk about today, which is the 2011 anime, The Idol Master. Because Love Live and Idol Master, well, they're, they're made by the same uh, publisher, uh and i namco and uh they have different levels of uh of notoriety so uh, i was curious and you happily said yes so thanks again for coming on the show yeah of course i've always been interested in idol master i am a fan of just idol anime in general um i believe we've mentioned a couple of them in our uh year-end reviews top anime reviews um because i don't think any of them have been as good as love live uh Including Idolmaster, hot take, I apologize, but um, uh, they do deserve an honorable mention. If I had watched Idolmaster and was podcasting in 2011, it certainly would have been on that list. <laughs> this this podcast might turn into also a Love Live podcast, and where I might talk about my experience with Love Lives, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> the podcast journey is always strange, so we'll see. But, uh, so what is... Let's let's talk about our experiences with Idolmaster. So I know you're more of a Love Life fan, but have you did you hear about Idolmaster on kind of the periphery? Yeah, I think Idolmaster was one of those ones where it wasn't licensed by Crunchyroll until several years after its release, if I'm remembering correctly. But as with anything that is not currently streaming, like even the Netflix things, I just really struggle with even starting those just because. Um, I can watch 25 episodes of anime, of 25 different anime in one day, but I cannot watch 25 episodes of the same anime in one day anymore. Those uh, younger years are behind me when I did that. Uh, so I just never got around to it. And then I found out when you had messaged me about it, that it's off Crunchyroll. So I had to um, procure it for through other means, uh, with apologies to Idolmaster. But, I mean, you got to have your stuff streaming, I think. 
Well, I don't feel too bad with how much uh, Bandai makes U.S. fans have to pay for X to <laughs> to, to uh, get their games through third-party sellers. Uh, I'm I'm not too sad that you had yeah. to do it that way. Uh, but for anyone that doesn't know what Idolmaster is, I'll give kind of a little brief summary of what it is. So, Idolmaster is a popular idol simulation and rhythm game franchise published by Bandai Namco. By the way, I will mis- kind of go into my rhythm of just calling them Scamco, but that's just because <laughs> of my friend jammed that into my head, so I apologize ahead of time. Um, so, the Idolmaster series is... Uh, a very long series that started in 2005 in the arcades. It is about you are a producer and you are uh, leading a production unit called 765 Pro and you're trying to get uh, your idols of choice up the popularity and ranking charts. And this is done through uh, gameplay of rhythm, uh, rhythm gameplay, kind of you'd see in a... I'm trying to think of a good comparison, like um, DDR or Guitar Hero in a way, uh, trying to match the beat up with uh, what's being shown on the screen. And also through uh, doing lessons and doing uh, one-on-one communications with set idols. So usually the Idolmaster games are uh, strictly rhythm games or they're kind of this idol simulation, idol raising type game where you are the producer and you're trying to get them up the ladder and up the popularity chart. Uh, from the arcades in 2005, Idolmaster has expanded onto more systems, including the Xbox 360 when Microsoft was desperately trying to get uh, Japanese consumers <laughs> to buy their, <laughs> buy their console, on the Nintendo DS, on the PS3, on the PSP, on the PS4, and many, many, many mobile games uh so idol master was initially just the 12 idols that makes up the 765 pro unit which also uh, is uh, called uh, namco pro uh, but since then it has expanded into battalion like levels of idol groups including million live cinderella girls Side M, which is the all-male Idol Master group, and Shiny Colors. Uh, so, my history with Idol Master, like many things, goes back to my days in college. And my roommate was big into Idol Master, where he had hard modded an Xbox 360 so that way it could play the Idol Master 2 game. <laughs> On his system, and he has exported, or yeah, he's basically gotten every single console Idolmaster game through your usual third-party sellers like PlayAsia and whatnot. And he got me into the series uh, initially through the games, and then through the 2011 anime, which we're going to be talking about today. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's a hardcore fan, and through him. I became a fan of the Idol Master and uh, began to get uh, green with envy over uh, Love Live's success 
in the United States (laughs) in comparison. Let me move on to Idol Masters history in the U.S. Uh, Corey, if you wouldn't mind, I'm going to use a sports analogy for Idol Uh, Masters history in the U.S. I never mind a sports (laughs) analogy, yeah. Okay. So if Love Live is the L.A. Lakers in terms of like success and popularity and fans in the U.S., Idol Master is the Clippers because it's harsh. <laughs> like, like the Clippers, Idol Master, when it comes to the U.S., has had the worst of luck thanks to timing by Bandai and just poor business decisions. So, the first experience we had with Idol Master in the United States was in 2007. Sentai Filmworks licensed Idol Masters in Iglossia, um, which you would think it's an idol show, right? Wrong! It is a mecha show that loosely interprets <laughs> Idol Master, uh, the Idol Master property. It is very weird, and it's made by Sunrise. <laughs> uh, I imagine you've never seen Idol Masters in Iglossia. This is the only Idol Master thing that I have seen. That I, when I tweeted about Idol Master, I was told that I should watch that. Uh, it is very, it is very strange. It has a little bit of uh, kind of Ava DNA in terms of its uh, uh, kind of uh, structure, uh, like Monster of the Week. We have like a nerve-like uh, organization uh, dealing with them, so. Uh, it's pretty interesting, but if you're strictly into idol anime, you're probably not going to like Xenoglossia. No, I and, mean, I, uh, like, I like AKB 480048. That's a, that's a mecha and idol anime, so. That is true. So it is not a complete, completely foreign to mix uh, mecha with, uh, with idols. I mean, there's that also in Macross as well. Uh, but unfortunately, the Xenoglossia anime is no longer in print, and you can no longer get it legally here in the United States. And then, in 2013, uh, we had our first official Idol Master rhythm game actually being brought over to the United States on iOS called Idol Master Shiny Festa. Uh, there were three different apps. I would like you to guess, Corey, how much do you think uh, uh, Bandai uh, charged for each of these apps individually? There were three of them total. They weren't free? It wasn't like free to play and then you... No. Things? Oh, Jesus Christ. No. Nope. Um, nope. Well, since you're asking, I'm going to guess $7.99 and assume it's higher. Oh, much higher. <laughs> You're not going to believe me when I tell you the number. $20? You want to try one more? Nope. Is it <laughs> they higher? Were... It is higher. Dear Lord. They were charging. Get ready for this. $55 <laughs> per app. Oh, man. In, in 2013. So the great thing about the Shiny Festa apps were particular idols were only in one app you did get an ova anime episode in the app on top of a rhythm game but 
if you wanted to get everything, the grand total was $170. That's a lot of American Which, dollars, Bill. <laughs> that's a lot of American dollars. And just completely impractical to the the app market because most people expect you to either have to deal with microtransactions or it's free or you pay a minimum of maybe like five dollars yeah at at the max not not 55 dollars yeah thanks to this cool local festival game i have played that ex- extensively but i did not know that uh it was an even option to to pay 55 dollars for an app on your phone yeah, I didn't know that was possible either. I thought like $10 was maybe the max, but what what do I know? But uh needless to say, this was not successful. Are you are you shocked? I can't believe it. Super shocked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I just couldn't believe it. Uh then uh the Idolmaster 2011 anime uh and the the spin-off series Idolmaster Cinderella Girls was finally a made was finally uh made available streaming not on Crunchyroll though where you might ask on daisuke.net now do you remember daisuke.net yeah do I you do. remember daisuke.net yeah i was going <laughs> to guess nico nico remember that when that was a thing in the US Oh, I don't. I didn't even know they tried Nico Nico in the U.S. That's yeah. funny. I kind of find uh, things like Daisuke.net or Nico Nico kind of funny because it's a it's mostly these consortium of anime production companies with usually like another bigger company that's not well known in the states, and it's always like a half measure of just like, yeah, we'll put stuff on there, but we're gonna put our the stuff on other platforms as well because we don't want to lose money and we think this is going to fail. Because <laughs> uh, I think that, like, for a while, like, um, Daisuke.net had, like, things like One Piece and they had things uh, like Dragon Ball Super and uh, some Gundam stuff. But a lot of the other stuff was available either in physical media form or it was also streaming on Crunchyroll at the time. So there wasn't really any exclusives to get people to go to Daisuke.net, excluding these idol shows that didn't really have a connection with the U.S. fan base because none of the games were brought over here. Uh, So needless to say... uh, uh, Daisuke.net did not land well and was shut down in 2017. Then in 2021, uh, Crunchyroll removed the 2011 Idolmaster anime, uh, the Cinderella Girls anime, and the Sidem anime are still available on Crunchyroll as of this recording. So you have the spinoff series. And then in more recent times, the only thing that we've had in terms of physical media is probably in like one of those uh, acquisition deals of, okay, we'll give you this, but you have to also take this. Uh, in 2015, when Funimation was still its own thing, they released 
on DVD uh, an Idolmaster chibi web anime called Puchimas, which is really cute and and fun, but it's like these five minute shorts and <laughs> nobody knew about them. <laughs> I remember hearing about them at least. Oh, that's good. But uh, yeah, they it's it's cute. I think you can still find it on whatever they call Funimation's YouTube channel since everything got rebranded to Crunchyroll. Um, but yeah, uh, just Idolmaster's luck and history in the U.S. has been really bad uh, compared to Love Live because at least with Love Live, um, majority like majority of the animes have gotten dubs some of the games have been brought in have been brought in over here am i correct yeah yeah i don't know about the console games i don't play those but um a couple of the mobile games have uh i think school idol mm. best and uh, like rising stars or something like that is the other one i don't remember the name but i played school idol fest as i said earlier um and that was really popular back in 20 what was that like 2013 2014 2015 around there um, because me, co-host Chris on the Kaiku podcast, a bunch of our friends at Ogacon would like literally play it in our hotel rooms. <laughs> nice. But, uh, yeah, I just think it's a lot of just bad timing, like Idolmaster and, uh, Idolmaster proper getting made in 2011 before streaming became more of a thing. I think if it was made today it would gain more of a fan base. There are, there is a dedicated fan base for Idolmaster in the U.S., but it's very niche um, <laughs> uh, in comparison to other franchises, uh, other anime franchises. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I think it's, it might be harsh, but I, I think it's an apt comparison that Love Live is the Lakers and Idolmaster is the Clippers, based off their history when it comes to the U.S. No, I think that's uh, that's pretty accurate for what you're trying to go for here. Um, I would dig into the Lakers and be like, oh, they haven't been good for any recent history except for 2020, but I won't be that mean. Or I won't be meaner <laughs> than I already have been. <laughs> well, just in in the overall history, not in, yeah, yeah. Recent, not in recent history. Um, so, uh, why don't you go over our production notes of who actually worked on this series? Sure. So, Idolmaster 2011, the animation studio was A1 Pictures, the series director, character designer, and series composer was, uh, Atsushi Nishigori. He also worked on, uh, he, she, I do this on Manga and Yuri's a lot too. I don't know. I'm going to say they from now on. Um, Eva 3.0 plus 1.0 character designer there, as well as chief animation director, digital animation retouch, key animation, and character designer on the Gurren Lagan franchise. Um, as well, uh, wait, nope, uh, Little Witch Academia, Enchanted Break, OAV, he gig, they gig, I gig again, they gig, and uh, assistant animation director and key animation on that one. Uh, series composition for Idolmaster was Toko Machida. Um, they also gig series composition on Wake Up Girls. Well, I like that anime. Uh, Show by Rock, I don't like that one as much, and Lucky Star. Original character designer, Toshiyuki Kubota, uh, chief animation director on Gunbuster. The old Gunbuster? Yep. Wow, okay. 
and is the director of Berserk Golden Age Arc Trilogy. Um, the art director was Kushi, Kushiro Usui. Uh, no other credits to note. Uh, chief animation director Akiga Takaga, who was also the animation director on Big Wang Up, great anime, and uh, chief animation director in Durara Season 1 and 2, also big anime. And then Haruko Izuka, I assume, is another chief animation director on Idol Master. Yep. Okay. Um, they were also chief animation director and character designer on Ensemble Stars, Horibia, Josti, and the Tiger and the Fish movie. Yeah, so if you have any kind of passing interest in a lot of like uh, Gynax and Trick Trigger shows, a lot of people actually worked on Idol Master, which I think is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, also, I w- I'm not going to hold it against them, but a lot of uh, the people that worked on this series also worked on Darling in the Franks. <laughs> We're not going to hold that against them. premise of the 2011 idol master anime is we follow a group of a group of 12 idols uh haruka chihaya amiki uh makoto azasa takane yukiho trying to see if i can this is my little mini game of this podcast to see if i can name them all by by memory uh (laughs) Yori, Yayoi, the former idol and uh, now manager or producer, Ritsuko, as they try and go from a humble idol uh, production unit and rise up the rankings. With each episode, uh, as we see their progression, and uh, we see... uh, more of their personalities in uh, kind of solo episodes that we get to learn more about them. Now that we got all the notes out of the way, uh, let's get into the show itself. What did you think of the 2011 Idolmaster itself as kind of a first time viewer of the series and not knowing these characters that well? Uh, I really liked it, actually. I, I mean, there's 12 characters in here. There's a maximum of nine in Love Live, but there is also 20, uh, 25 episodes, uh, plus an OAV that I watched um, in, in Idol Master. So you have a lot more time to go through each of these characters and uh, hit on them one by one. And then it helps that two of them are twins, so you can just kind of uh, knock them out in one episode oh. together. That was the one I forgot. I forgot Ami and Mommy. Well, I wasn't going to get a perfect score, but I think I got most of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was not counting, but we'll say that you got all of them except for Ami and Mommy. But yeah, I I thought this was good. Uh, I liked the, the the way that they introduced them all. We kind of get um, archetypes in the first episodes, first couple episodes, but then we really get a deep dive into uh, some of these characters as the episodes progress. And um, some of them... In particular, Chihaya and 
um, Hibiki. Chihaya. And, um, I forget who the other one was. Chihaya, Miki, Haruka. Uh, this this three seem to get a lot of uh, majority of the story screen time. Yeah. From my rewatch of this. Now, I will, I have to admit, um, this was really my first idol anime. So I have a lot of nostalgia for this show. So this has been kind of the bar that I've set for other idol shows. And some, some I have gone on to watch I really like. Like, I'm a big fan of, of Zombieland Saga. And other ones I wasn't as big of a fan of. Now, I will say... Uh, I would be interested to see how this first episode would do in a modern setting because if you didn't play the video games, which this first episode is very heavily based on, you would be completely lost. <laughs> I was pretty lost in, in even the first couple episodes. And I think that's the case for when I'm watching Love Live as well, um, just because there's so many characters to, to catch up with that it's hard to keep track of them all. So the way the first episode is formatted, it's formatted like a kind of a documentary style where it's through first person where an off-screen person is interviewing each of the idols and we're introduced in, uh, by each idol that has kind of a particular archetype. So Haruka is like the happy-go-lucky leader. Hibiki is the sporty one. Yayoi is the country girl. Azusa is like the sister type. Uh, Yori is the Cindere. If you've watched enough idol shows, there's certain archetypes that uh, and tropes that idol shows go back to over and over again. So this is the show is no different here. <laughs> it's it's funny because this this first episode is very much formatted like the console games where everything's done in first person where you're talking directly to the idols as the producer. And I think that was expected at the time because this game is heavily uh, inspired by the console game Idolmaster 2, where in that game you could not uh, produce uh, the Riku Kamachi unit, which made up of Azusa, one of the twins, I think it's Ami, and Yori, which uh, a lot of fans in Japan were not a fan of. Uh, but I, uh, but that's here, no there, uh, and so it's a lot of first person, and so I, so someone who doesn't know the context of what this episode is based on would probably be pretty lost. I, I think it's um, they, they kind of did it as a first episode to get out of the way, and it's just kind of referral back to like yes, we acknowledge the games, but we we can't do this as a whole series, so the producer is going to be uh, his own character, which is not how it is in any of the games. Uh, and I think uh, I, I like him as a character. He seems like a very kind of uh, trying to get his, uh, his feet and trying to get his, uh, his bearings of things, but he seems to uh, be really into his job and, uh, get focused when he needs to be and be there for the idols when they need to be. Yeah. And I think that's just part of like the adaptation process from a game to a, a TV series. And that's 
uh, a credit to them because if they just straight adapted something like a game to an anime, it doesn't work. But um, making the producer character is definitely a good choice. Uh, it, it is literally still a self-insert character in a lot of ways. And he doesn't have a name. He's just called producer. Uh, and it, I think, crucially, he is a he, whereas uh, every other he character besides the chief of 765 Pro, uh, who is un, unseen for the most part, or his face is unseen, um, unseen at all for the most part, and his face is unseen completely, um, I think is is very intentional because the, the characters, not the characters, the people watching this are going to be or want to be the producer um, in this anime. Mm-hmm. Ex exactly. And uh, like a lot of Idol series, the first couple episodes are us kind of slowly getting to know the Idols, their personalities, and they're kind of a rookie office. They're, they're new. They're not really well known. And they don't have the money of a, like a powerful uh, Idol production unit or uh to kind of immediately rocket them to the moon so it's it's very kind of ground level just them slowly trying to gain more popularity and for us to root for them because mm -hmm. that's it's kind of funny because idol idol shows kind of have a similar structure to a sports anime if you think about it where usually the idols are the underdogs and we're we want them to succeed we want them to do well yep and we want we want them to get to the top which is very similar to a sports team. Yep. And next, I think the um, the crucial difference here, why we haven't covered it on Taiku Podcast, is that Love Live, you are literally trying to uh, get into the Love Live competition and win that. In Idolmaster, there is a, a sort of competition, as you say, but it's much um, much less structured in its competition. Yeah, I would say rewatching the show for the third time. Uh, the series is a bit muddled in its in its goal, <laughs> and like it's not like we have to get to the ultimate idol festival that every idol knows about. It's more just kind of just gradual climb, and then we have a big concert, and then we then we did it. <laughs> yep. And uh, and then we move on to the to the next issue in the, the second half of the series but even that is a bit muddled and i'd have to say kind of taking my rose tinted glasses off that's one criticism i have about the series is well it's a great character piece and i'd argue a lot of the show is kind of as a slice of life feel um it's loosey-goosey goals and structure um kind of make it hard to follow at points and uh, makes it h harder to invest in at points because you're like, well, we know they're going to continue, um, but there's no like hard goal. There's there's no real type of rival unless you want to include the male idol unit Jupiter, which even them they they have a di like a different demographic and. They're not really trying to stop our our idols from 765 Pro. It's the unseen president of uh, that kind of manages Jupiter uh, that is more trying to do the dirty work. 
Yeah, and I think that uh, that is actually something that I did like about the series is that you had this tangible antagonist as opposed to Love Live. I'm going to compare a lot of things to Love, a lot of things in this anime to Love Life just because that's oh, it, comparison. It's, oh, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did like the uh, what is it nine seven eight nine six. It's nine six one. Okay, nine. <laughs> It's like some random numbers. I don't. Remember, I don't remember that. Yeah, <laughs> nine six one. <laughs> um, I did like their inclusion. I liked how uh, they were antagonistic, and I liked how manipulative the the chief was, and like how much he didn't let on um, to the boys to let them know what kind of underhanded things he's doing. And it's like the boys are um, underneath this spell, and I think that is a sort of subtle, subtle commentary on the whole idol industry where it's like who knows what these people these idols are being told and being manipulated and doing uh and they're just going along with it because like if you are facing in a direction the old uh shadow parable from plago if you're facing in a direction and you only know that direction how are you supposed to know that it's wrong i do love that the voice of the antagonistic president is uh president Kuroi is by the same uh, Japanese voice as Dio from Jojo. <laughs> and of course, he goes he goes ham. And he is also a common occurrence in the console games where in, I think it's uh, the first console game, he produced the rival group called Project Fairy, which was made up of Hibiki, Takane, and one other member. And then he comes back in later games with different idols that you have to deal with as your rivals. Um, and also, just I love his performance and his character because he's just really just scene chewing and just so over the top, mm -hmm. which is what makes him great. <laughs> so whenever I, I I call him like he's the Doctor Wily, Doctor Eggman of Idol Master because everything is over the top, dramatic. Uh, mustache twirling, he's great. An apt comparison, yeah. Yeah, though I've never played <laughs> Kirby game. Wait, Sonic. One thing I really like about this show, and I think it helps that they had uh, prior history with the uh, games that were released up to this point that I feel other idol shows don't do as well, is there's different songs every episode. Mm -hmm. Which, if you're an idol fan, you want to hear the music. And they put in almost like two or three three different songs each episode which is super rare in other idol shows i've watched like in in because it's recently in my mind Zombieland saga they maybe featured two or three songs but that was it for the entire series whereas with idol master it's like new song new song new song so if you're really into 
I just music in general, you're you're getting a lot out of it. Uh, yeah, I like that a lot about that. Um, because yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Idol music. I'm a fan of J-pop uh, and uh, the kind of mass-produced poppy way. And like so ear catchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say that Idol Master is necessarily that in every single song, but there is like the volume of them. There has to be some that are like that. Uh, but yeah, I like I like having these songs in these in these series. And then I think it was like, what was it a new ending every single episode? Yeah, that's another thing. Is this show is a is it feels like the production staff was really into the show because. They put a lot of work into it with uh, different end credits and different um, stills of the characters and different situations. Mm-hmm. The other things that makes this show different compared to now is it was before CGI became much more prevalent in idol shows. Like they're either using stills or they're actually still using 2D animation for the dance sequences, which we never see anymore just because of cost and time. Yeah, even three or however many years ago in Love Live, it was just all CG. Yeah, I was so for comparison for Love Live, I, I don't, I don't know which series to really compare it to. But what's it like for Love Live when it comes to um, the amount of music you get and sort of dancing and choreography? Like, were they using all CG up to the very beginning? And what was the uh, kind of music like in in the love live series the dancing is or the cg is notoriously bad in love live uh especially in that first series 2013 so two years after this um but by the time we've gotten to superstar now in 2020 the cg is much better it's actually watchable whereas it was not very watchable in the first series um but yeah, they've never gone away from that CG in the dance sequences, and probably just because they animate the whole dance sequence, basically. So uh, it's just a lot of animation to do. Um, but in terms of the songs, I would say there's not that many songs uh, uh, compared to Idol Master, especially. But I, it's 12 episodes per series, I would say maybe we're getting six, eight, ten songs in each season. Um, okay, that's not that's that's not bad. That's like an album's worth. The mm-hmm. music right there, yeah, and like the love life, the first love life movie at least. I'm much more familiar with the first love life series than I am with all of the other ones. But the first love life series at least, the movie had like a full album albums worth of stuff. They got a couple singles that I bought. They are really good too. Like they really stepped it up for the movies, but even or for the movie. But even then, the I think it was still CG dancing. It was a lot better than the series though. I will have to admit. Um, so the only Love Live series that I've watched is the first series. And uh, to be honest with you, I was not a big fan of it. <laughs> and I think the problem was uh, the amount of... I was kind of spoiled by this series by just the sheer amount of music that's an Idol Master and the 2D choreography that we see. To mm-hmm. when I went to Love Live, I'm just like, well, where's, why don't we get more music? Why is the dancing so bad? <laughs> and so I, I got, I, so I was spoiled um, by the series because I was like, I re- got really into the music. And even the cool thing too with the show is when each idol gets kind of their own individual episode, we'll get a solo song that was 
us for and sung by that idol of that episode, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, uh, you'll get the personality. Oh, uh, you'll get the solo songs in Love Live as well, but it's more like in the game. Like that's where I've um, experienced most of those solo songs. Uh, and I know I know they're in the anime. I don't know how frequent they are in the anime. Certainly, every character does not get their own song within the anime. And like even in the movie, it was first years get a song, second second years get a song, third years get a song. So I, you only have a movie length there, but. Uh, what I noticed between Love Live and uh, Idol Master is like in Love Live, it really felt like you're you're rooting for Muse and you're rooting for Aqua and you're rooting for well, Niji Kasaki is a little different because um, they don't have a, a group uh, on themselves; they're all going for solo idols. But then you're also rooting for the Liela, the superstar group, and really you're rooting for for those groups. And each of the characters do get their own episodes. Uh, as the series goes along, but Idolmaster is just so much more focused on on these characters and what they uh, what they bring to the table in terms of being an idol. And then for the um, I forget what their group name is called, but for they're they're, they're just part of um, Seven Six Five. And then there's the breakoff unit, Riku Kamachi. Riku Kamachi. That's um, what I was trying to think of. In comparison, it feels like. The Idolmaster anime is more dealing with, like, individual issues and dealing with, like, individual insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not, there's less of a group focus compared to Love Live, based on what you're telling me. Yeah, exactly. So, like, if, to use the basketball comparison again, you are rooting for the Clippers or you are rooting for... Kawhi Leonard or you're rooting for Paul George and Idolmaster is much more the latter and Love Live is much more the former. Knowing the ways of how idol shows go, was there a particular character that you connected to or that you liked uh, watching the series? The best girl, as they say. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think I really, uh, this may be recency bias, but I think I really clung on to Chihaya um, just from that storyline near the very near the end of the series. Um at some point, I was just like marathoning a lot of episodes, so a lot of the the episodes themselves blur together, um, and thus some of the character storylines blur together. But like that one really stuck in my mind. I guess I'm sure it did a lot of other people. Is just uh, the intensity and the emotion behind it was um, yeah, like you're not going to get that in Love Live, and that that's what I really liked about Iron Master. Well, guess what? You picked the most popular character. Zero <laughs> percent surprised, yeah. Uh, in Japan, Chihai is usually the among the original idols. She's the most popular. I, myself, am a fan of Azusa because I love her singing voice. Um, I, I, I feel like I connect with her and that I have no sense of direction whatsoever, just like Azusa. Mm, so I get on. lost as well. Yeah. <laughs> I've been called the Zoro of our group several times. 
and uh, and I and I just I really like her individual episode because it's just real. It gets pretty fun, like with Makoto, who's kind of the uh, the prince of the group, getting into like full on like kung fu martial arts fights, and her uh, being lost and this giant group of people trying to chase her like a circus and stuff whatnot. It's pretty fun. So I think that's, I, I know you said that kind of the individual episodes kind of blur together and I, I can get that marathoning, but going back to those, I like how those episodes are really good at giving a spotlight to said idol. Like um, one of the first kind of, solo episodes where an idol gets a lot of screen time was uh, Yukiho where they go to this smaller village festival to perform and Yukiho is really scared of dogs and her just trying to get over her fear. I thought that was a great kind of like one-off story of just like trying to overcome your fear and your emotions and having your your friends around you to support you and help you get past it. I thought that that's a great sort of little character story mm-hmm. yeah and idol master has a uh, bunch of those like great little character stories yeah those those really stuck with me those stuck with me a lot like um yeah Yoi, who's kind of uh is becoming an idol because she wants to uh support her family because she comes from more of a working class uh not as wealthy side of things and she uh, it's having to take care of her extended family of brothers and sisters and is always very aware of uh, of cost of things. Like a great example I can give you is in the game, uh, in the most recent game, they had a thing where uh, you could give Yayoi a, a, a gift and uh, one of it was uh, ice cream chocolate or a or a jar of marinara sauce what do you think uh was the correct choice based off the choices i'm giving you um well you know the obvious assumption would be chocolate but i'm guessing it's the marinara it was the marinara (laughs) because that gets that gets the most value for her family oh yeah I love that aspect of her, too, where it's like she was visiting uh, Iori, right? And she just got a little homesick. She's like, oh, I can't I can't sleep by myself because I'm like, I'm constantly surrounded by family. That is my normal. Yeah, I think if you're really into character, this show does a really good job, especially with the individual episodes. Like the another good one was the Hibiki episode where Hibiki's whole thing is... Uh, she really cares about her animals and she has a whole almost a circus full of them like a, a dog a hamster a crocodile a bird mm-hmm. a, bun- a bunch of animals and she becomes an idol in order to get money to take care of them and in the episode she's hosting this kind of animal show you'd say on like animal planet and uh she gets tricked to uh into this ravine by the dastardly President Kuroi's minion. And she had just had a fight with her animals. Uh, but then she comes to realize, like, 
oh, the animals weren't mad that I wasn't feeding them well. They were mad that I wasn't giving them attention. And then the animals come and rescue her uh, and kind of get her out of the jam, get out of her kind of uh, pit that she's stuck in. And again, it's just really good character moments. Then that's, I think that's one really strong strength of the, of the series overall. Mm-hmm. Agree. The other thing too is, this isn't going to be a big factor for uh, people here in the States, but as someone that has watched someone play through a lot of the console games, it's a, it's a big tribute to the franchise in general where they used music from the video games um, and they and they put in references, which are pretty cool, like um, that talk show they host uh, where Haruka tries to open up the box and it goes against her nose. Uh, that actually happened on an Idolmaster live stream like a year before the anime came out and they put that in the anime as like a reference, which was pretty cool. That's good. Like yeah. little Easter eggs. Yeah, they put in a lot of Easter eggs, like using music from the games and uh, and stuff like Karaka in the box. Um, so I think that's really that's really cool. Um, but in terms of like more of a love life structure, the closest we have to that is uh, dealing with uh, kind of the jealousy at first of Riku Kamachi and their more over overall popularity while they're part of this same production unit they get more of a head start compared to the other idols and people get really jealous of them and then later we get jupiter with 961 although both these stories seem to peter out where uh just people the the other idols that aren't part of riku kamachi especially miki who mistakenly thinks that she could join Riku Kamachi um has gets upset over it but then eventually kind of gets over it and figures out like oh no I can I can shine just as brightly without Riku Kamachi and continue on and then with Jupiter it's very much like they eventually get sick of Kuroi's underhandedness and they leave him although they never give us in the anime um any kind of any sort of scene where they say like we're we're done with you they just say we just meet them later putting on kind of an independent idol show and that was it (laughs) so uh i wish kind of the rivals were were kind of a much more stronger component because if you watched other idol shows usually a rival idol or unit is is a very uh, strong story beat in normal idol shows. Yeah, you do have that a little bit in Love Live um, with each of the groups. Uh, I'm really bad at remembering their names, but thank God as I scroll through Wikipedia, they're right here. Uh, Arise in the first series was uh, uh, the rival against them, and then Saint Snow in Aqua, Sunny Passion in uh, Nishikazaki, I believe. Um, but yeah, each of them have their own rivals, but it's never like this big thing uh they're always like something to be attained uh or reach a point where they are as big as them rather than someone that they're directly competing against yeah and um i think in terms of uh 
the 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 big story thing that I I really connected to was not the Chihaya storyline, but the the Haruka story that happens at the very end, where at that point in the story, all the idols of Seven Six Five Pro are very popular, and they're doing multiple jobs, and something that's looming is this kind of New Year's Eve uh, concert, and. As time goes on, Haruka feels more separated and alone and isolated from the other idols because they're so busy with their other work. And just her frustration of that, of just fear of being alone. Uh, I think I, I connected more with that than I did with the uh, Chihaya story, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I'm that's like... What I what I've said is what I really like about Idolmaster is that they have these personable stories and like what really draws me to television as a as a whole medium is that you have a lot of episodes uh, to to really visit these characters and learn more about them and connect to them in a myriad of ways uh, and Idolmaster does that really really well. Yeah, I I mean like you could I think if you don't have strong characters that you can connect with, then you can tell the most convoluted plot in the world, but nobody would care. You have to care yeah. about the characters or, or there's no anchor. And I think while the plot overall is pretty weak in this series, it has very strong character. The plot is weak, but like, it's very easy to follow because it's just, they're, they're living about their lives as an idol. And like, that's pretty much the plot. Uh, and then every other story is kind of character driven. Um, or the plot of the whole anime is that, and then the the individual episode stories are character driven. other idol shows have more of kind of a slice of life feel because the show kind of at points does have a slice of life type of feel to it where mm-hmm. it's more just we're seeing the idols go about their day and sure there's probably some interpersonal issue they're dealing with but it's not like i need to get s rank at this festival or else oh no right that you yeah. could think of yeah are you a big idol fan you have you watched a lot of other idol anime um, so I, I, my problem is I've never been able to really connect with other shows. Like in mostly it's because of design aesthetic. Like mm-hmm. I know love live is very popular, but I really don't like the love live character design aesthetic with the big eye with the big eye with basically the one color choice per idol. And while there is that way in, in idol master and particularly in their clothes, it feels to me that Idolmaster doesn't. Each character is its own individual, and they they don't look so similar. And I think that's one issue I have with Love Live is a lot of the characters kind of have a similar character design, and don't really stand out to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, whereas 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 with Idolmaster, each of the characters has their own different character design. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't think that's a struggle with a lot of the uh, kind of mass-produced type of anime. Um, like anime generally, not just idol anime, but we, Ink, and I on Taiku Podcast have had a lot of discussions about that where the uh, mediocre and bad sports animes kind of have these cookie-cutter characters. They all look the same. We can never tell them apart. I remember nothing about them after we talk about them. Um, <laughs> and that's the case for a lot of the a lot of the anime, idol anime that at least I've seen. Uh, Wake Up Girls was kind of that way. It was a little more unique, but I, I could not tell you what any of the characters or even what that story was about. Um, don't remember the name of it now, but it was, it was an actually pretty good one that was idolish Sakura Quest, I think. Um, it's kind of idol adjacent, but uh, that one too has the same kind of issues where it is more plot driven. The characters aren't given as much time. But Love Live, I think, does does take its time with its characters. It does give you some time with it. The character designs, I think, are unique enough. Um, I don't, I don't know if they're necessarily more unique or less unique than than Idol Masters, but uh, maybe that's just because I watched it first. Yeah, the last Idol show that I really liked a lot was was Zombieland Saga. Mm-hmm. That's um, a good Because I thought it's, it's it had a unique premise. Each character had a distinctive look. Um, and they also did character-driven episodes at points, yeah. which I really liked. Yeah, that one helps. And that uh, character is like from a different era too. <laughs> yes, that uh, and gives their own unique flavor, which mm-hmm. I I feel, I while Idolmaster does fall into tropes at points, each character has their own unique flavor. That you could basically find one that you like, and you you've basically found your idol that you probably like. Was there any kind of standout episode that you really liked any kind of character episode that you that you enjoyed or any type of moment uh the aforementioned chi episode is something that i really liked john too i did like the moments with azusa where she didn't know where she was going because i relate to that greatly and then also the kakane ramen series i love ramen but like a lot of them have mushroom bases and like mushrooms upset my stomach unfortunately Mm -hmm. so i have to like plan out where i'm going to go after i eat ramen uh but yeah i love (laughs) i love food uh type anime and now since there was that one episode where takane went ramen hunting this is now a food anime idol master is a food anime (laughs) i do um one highlight for me is uh i don't know if you remember them but the movie trailers they did yes i love those we're we're so fun Mm -hmm. that's that's and just like you shouldn't be animating this to such extent because that first their first movie trailer they do is like a mecha uh, a mecha series <laughs> where some of the characters are actual pilots of the anime and other characters are made to look up like different idols from 765 pro mm-hmm. which is pretty fun and it's I thought its production values are pretty cool um, and the second one they do is like a yakuza kind of gangster movie <laughs> yep i think it paid a little homage is... to kill kill bill too oh yeah especially with T- takane in the snow mm-hmm. that's 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 straight up from kill bill volume one yep uh, and just also the I, I love the uh are we are we live episode because it's a good highlight of a lot of the idols in one single episode where each of them gets kind of their moment like um hibiki doing a sporting thing mm-hmm. 
the the really good movie trailer that happens there um miki being matter-of-factly i know how how it was in the subs for you for miki but um she talks in the third person a lot <laughs> um <laughs> and i love how at least for the subs i was watching they said nope we we don't like the third person dog we're just gonna stick with like using i and first person <laughs> in the subtitles oh man i i don't like when they do that for proper nouns in subtitles i i prefer them keeping the proper noun of whatever they said or pronoun um in that case uh, i believe i was uh well i don't want to call them out because they're, they're subtitlers and they pirated things but the ones that I was listening to or watching, they I believe they said Miki, uh, but I know enough Japanese, which is like basically zero, but I know enough of it to know the sentence structure and when they're saying things and like when she says Miki, I'm like, oh, she's referring to herself. That's not like a Japanese word. Yeah, she she in the series talks in the third person a lot, which was never really my favorite because mm-hmm. then then you're just going to be like, okay. Okay, unless you're like Elmo, (laughs) 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 I'm not, I'm, I'm not giving you a pass. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be this cutesy like anime girl thing where there's younger uh, people in Japan literally do that because they are like learning sentence structure uh, because they are young, but then they they do it in these anime with the teenagers and like it's. I don't. I'm not bothered by it at this point, but it's not like a trope that I'm a huge fan of either. I didn't make you watch watch this, but they did put out an Idolmaster movie. The reason why I didn't, uh, I, I I didn't want us to do that for the for the podcast is because they introduce even more idols um, <laughs> that would be later integrated into the unit Million Live, and they don't really get a lot of screen time. But the highlight for that movie, in terms of the movie trailers. Is they do a straight up uh, Madoka Magica parody, oh. <laughs> which is which is which is pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, in terms of just again, it feels like the staff that worked on the show were really into it and animated their heart out. Whether it be like the movie trailers they did, which were really fun, or the murder mystery, or the the murder mystery of who who ate the pudding, or <laughs> just the just the idol stuff like the dance sequences which i thought looked looked great and the use of i love a good use of a good still image mm-hmm. to uh show to show an impact like um in kind of the f- season finale of the first set of episodes riku kamachi's running late the other idols have to stall for time at this big concert miki takes center stage and during her big kind of like hitting the high note moment, they do a still of her um, kind of spread out doing kind of a singing pose, which I thought looked really cool. Yeah. Yeah, something I think Idol Master does pretty well is that they know, um, I mean, perhaps because it is a, a music anime or musical anime, they know when not to use music, when not to use sound, and when to just let a moment linger for a little bit, uh, like with that mm-hmm. Mickey moment. Yeah, or when things get serious, like... Mm-hmm. In the previews, it's, it, it can be very jokey, but when a serious moment happens, like the storyline with Jihaya or the storyline with Haruka in the later half, it's played for seriousness. It's not played for laughs. 
where we yep. just showed the Idolmaster logo all in black. Yep. So yeah, I think this this show is really good of knowing its tone and and uh, just kind of knowing knowing what's going on. But uh, what did the series make you want to explore more of the Idolmaster franchise? Oh yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I was already inclined to watch Idolmaster at all. Uh, I just needed a reason to do so. This is as good a reason <laughs> as any. Um, very enjoyable talking with you every like two times like I have now, <laughs> I suppose. But um, yeah, I, I would watch more Idolmaster after this. And knowing that some of it is on Crunchyroll still is definitely uh, a much higher incentive because I'm just like, I'm so lazy. I don't want to pirate anything anymore. I just want to watch things on streaming and like I know Crunchyroll is uh, being really problematic right now but we have the subscription for a year so well when you, they're the only like big game in town there's there's only so much that we as the individual consumer can do yeah yeah Unfor- exactly unfortunately unfortunately I mean yeah I I wish Idolmaster was more of a bigger thing here in the states because um, I think the series is pretty good I, I'm 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 curious for as we kind of wrapping up you mentioned um that kind of the differences between the the original love live anime and this but what what makes you feel that love live is, is slightly the original love live anime is slightly better than than the idol master anime is it having more of a central goal and plot yeah i think so that's got that's got to be one of the one of the bigger things um Another thing is that it just was not aired week to week. Love Live was every season, I believe, uh, aired week to week, mm. either on Funimation or on Crunchyroll. So that just mm. really angers things. Like B Stars is a great anime, but it doesn't really get as much traction because Netflix drops it all at once. Was the other thing I was thinking of? Uh, Monogatari, like I think, Joe... was yeah. JoJo's is another oh. great example, but um, Monogatari is what I was thinking of, and like that, I think is just good enough and weird enough that it. Uh, broke through a little bit and that that uh, Kizu Motogatari I believe uh, hit theaters um, just sprung it up all that much more but yeah with like Idolmaster I think if Idolmaster had hit streaming week to week in 2011 it could have been as big as, as Love Live or if it waited if it waited like two more years yeah I think yeah, that if, too. If, if if it was like 2013, I think it would have gained more traction. But in 2011, Crunchyroll was still relatively new, and streaming wasn't as widely adopted at that point. Mm-hmm. So, so I again, I just think it's just it's not the show's fault. It's just mm, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. And like this is a great anime. I like this, uh, and I think people would really like this if they gave it a chance. But you know. Some things are just uh, just harder, and like I don't want to get into a rant about television and serialized television, but this is why I like the medium of television. Idolmaster and its plotting and its character work is why I like the medium of television. <laughs> Yeah, and, and like I said um, to to our listeners, if you're checking this out, um, 
I'm sorry this shit was not streaming on Crunchyroll anymore. That bums me out. Um, you'll have to find it your own way. But if you decide to check it out, I think it's well worth your time if you're really into character. Into character plots. If you like interpersonal issues. If you if you hate CG, you probably <laughs> would really like you probably would really like Idol Master because yeah. it's a it's it's definitely a, a show of a different era. I, I recommend it for that. Um, I guess for me, is there any idol shows that you would recommend for me? Because um, the ones I've tried at this point have been Original Love Live, uh, Zombieland Saga, WUG, which I forgot about. I tried it, Ikatsu. I made that early click. Is there any idol shows I'm forgetting or should try out? I have not watched Gagatsu, so I don't know. I don't know if that one is good personally, but if, if original Love Live did not capture you, then I think your best bet is going to be Love Live Superstar. That one is the, I would say, the second best Love Live, which may be a different hot take. But I've, I've really been enjoying that one. I've only watched the first season, and I know the second season is airing right now or about to end at this point, but I haven't started that yet. But um, yeah, there's only five idols in that one to begin with, and then they add more in the second season. So it's much more digestible as well. But besides that, I really liked AKB 0048, and like you know, the songs are going to be good because they actually have to sell that on a mass scale with AKB 48, uh, and it's also a mecha yeah. anime. And then the other big idol franchise, I, I get, I guess, I, if if someone tells me I'm wrong on online, sorry, but I it's Simple Gear, Gear is another big blind spot for me. That's right, same for me. Of, in terms of idol shows, because People who are really into Simple Gear are, are very much into Simple Gear, trying to uh, preach it to people, and just like go watch it, go watch it. But mm. uh, I've just never, I've never had the time where I've been distracted by other things. So yeah. maybe, maybe that'll, maybe that and Love Live Superstars will be in my future. We'll see. Yeah. And the positive thing but, about uh, Love Live is, you know, uh, only twelve episodes per season, so it's pretty um, digestible. And uh, also, Love Live actually gets dubbing, which uh, true, yeah. Uh, You're a fan of dubs. They don't dub the music, do they? I would assume not, but uh, I don't know. I actually do like dubs, but I haven't watched them in forever. Well, I guess we will end on um, we both we both liked Idol Master, and we both I would say we both recommend it. Thumbs up. Yep. Yep. Pretty thumbs up. Um, you can. Find it through your own means, dear listener. And uh, I hope uh, people have more interest in checking out the Idolmaster franchise. There's a hardcore, dedicated fan base. Uh, a, a sign of a good fan base is if they have their own wiki that is not run by fandom. That's its own self-funded wiki, like uh, uh, which I really admire. And there's also dedicated uh, groups that translate events for the mobile games uh, like Duracite and Million Live. And uh, you can also find a lot of people have posted the music online, give or take uh, the back and forth battles between the poster and uh, Columbia <laughs> record label. But uh, I'm just like, if, if you're not selling it here, why are you taking it down? You should... Don't you want people to, to uh, be interested in the thing you made? 
but what do I know? And on that note, we will we will wrap up our show with a podcast tradition that is plugs. So Corey, let's let's get started with. Uh, you have anything to plug? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Passionate Gay, and you can find my podcast over on Twitter at Taiku Podcast. It's T A I I K U. You can find all of our episodes and all of Manga in Your Ears episodes uh, over at TaikuPodcast.com. And that's pretty much all I do. And you can hear my voice on more episodes on the Third Impact Anime podcast. Um, I recently started a separate series on here called Grand Line Reborn with um, my usual co-host Tobias, where I'm going through Final Fantasy XIV, and he is going through One Piece for the first time. It's pretty fun. Love One Piece. Uh, so you can check. <laughs> yeah. I, I finally got someone else into One Piece. So I'm, I'm very happy. You can also find me on Twitter at WB Foreman, F O R E M A N, with three nines, nine nine nine, uh, where I'm usually retweeting stuff, a lot of uh, Lupin the Third, Detective Conan, and all that much. And you can follow the Third Impact on uh, Twitter at ti underscore anime, where you can keep up to date with our latest releases and if we will be at a convention uh, near you probably next year and also you can check uh, me on the uh, Taiku podcast episode where I talked about Hachipendo Ippo uh, which was really fun I wish the second series was streaming somewhere yeah same uh, really knowing that first and third uh, series are but not the second <laughs> it's, it's it's really frustrating because I was I, I loved the first series and i was like i want to keep going sorry second series is not streaming anywhere yep <laughs> thank thanks well i may i'm hoping those discotheque releases for epo have done well that maybe they can get the second series out of licensing mm-hmm. the licensing shadows and put that out so but we'll see but anyway thanks for checking out this episode and uh, Corey, thanks again for being on. Yes, thanks for having me on. This is a lot of fun. Uh, if you ever need me for any idle or sports purposes, I am uh, available when my calendar says I am. Awesome. Maybe I can get you for a Bamboo Blade episode in the future. There we um, go. That's uh, it's one of my favorite sports animes. I love that one, yeah. And with that, we will see you in the next one. Thank you.